Hello. 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 There you are. I mean, that just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> There's a, when you pop on, it goes bling or something like that. Yeah. And I just jumped. What's going on? <laughs> nothing much. Nothing much. Enjoying the uneventful day. I know. That's what Dr. King would have wanted. That's right. So, <laughs> so I'm doing this little project. I think I've been trying to do it for the last year, but I rarely have time, you know, with my caregiving to um, uh, schedule interviews. So my theory is, uh, as women, you are asked to be pleasing um, in situations that aren't necessarily, that's not necessarily the, the emotion you're trying to evoke. Like if you had your choice, like, have you ever experienced a situation where you know that you were expected to to be, like, pleasing or pleasant or nice, and that's not really what you wanted to do? And, uh, I mean, I feel like that describes most of my life up until the age of 40. I was just going to say that probably <laughs> more times than I care to admit. It's just, there's something about 40 for me that was, like, the beginning of like, hey, I don't have to be nice in a situation. I don't have to do things I don't want to do. And this is like not even revolutionary. It's like with family members, just making boundaries. Yeah. But I just feel there's pressure as a woman to always be pleasing and smiley and happy at work, um, in your family situation, whatever your family dynamic looks like. You know, you got to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good wife, a good mother. You know, it's just like, yes, I, I don't know at the expense of your own mental health and clarity and, you know, all that good stuff. I actually, it's funny, I just listened to a podcast with Anne Lamott and um, Tim Ferriss. Mm. And she talked about how, and I, can't, I think she was 38 or something like that, but that she came to this realization or whatever it was that, you know, all her life she was appeasing and, you know, to be a good mom, you have to, and she used the example, she always made eggs for breakfast for her family. (laughs) And, and she said, you know, I would always take the broken egg. And she said, and I think it was 38 and I could be wrong, but when she was 38, you know, she came to this realization you know what, Sam, her son, Sam can have the broken egg. It's okay if I have the good egg, you know, this time. And I was like, wow, yeah, it is okay. Like he's not going to, you know, become a mass murderer because he had to eat a broken (laughs) egg, you know, one time. (laughs) I hope not. Right. But you, you think like, I mean, especially as being a parent or, I mean, really even. I would imagine that you feel that based off your personality, just stuff I've seen over the last five years, but also uh, as a single mom. Yeah. Do you ever feel like the guilt uh, to to come through more for your son than, than, than maybe if you had a traditional two-parent situation where, oh, dad can handle that. Do you ever feel like you're constantly trying to make up? To compensate? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Every day. Not, you know, not so much now that he's getting older, um, because we, we can talk about things more so and be like, hey, you know what, you can't do this, you can't, and, and you can reason a little bit more, 
But I think when they're younger, you know, saying no, or, Mm. you know, I can't afford to buy you that whatever, you know, brand new bike or, or, you know, whatever it is. And so you're trying to overcompensate the loss of the, that other parent's attention and completely. There's a, there's a situation where you feel like you have to come through and try to be pleasing. Oh yeah. You know, gosh, that would be, that would be really, I think that's why I just didn't have kids. I didn't want to, the person I came closest to having children with, he just, he's a sweet man. And if, if he ever hears this podcast, I hope he always hears that I say he was a nice guy. He just didn't have a plan for money. And that's one of my <laughs> triggers. I need money, <laughs> financial security. Uh, and even though I haven't had a lot of it in my life, at least I knew I wasn't like not feeding my kids or not giving my kids a great life because, you know, we didn't have enough money. Like right. that's one of my triggers. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. You're, I thought this would be interesting. I feel like I'm letting you talk enough so you can continue. Oh, no, no. No, I, I think that, I mean, especially just as women in general, I think that we, and maybe not so much the newer generation, <laughs> but probably ending with, with my generation of like, I'm kind of teetering on what are, what are, what are we like millennial and gen uh, the Gen was, Z, I guess. You were called Y at first, and then you became millennials. Okay, so yeah, I'm kind of like I'm right on the cusp of those two. So I think ending with my generation, um, it, it's not so much as like, okay, as a female, you have to, you know, serve everyone. You know, mm. you're supposed to be gracious and you're supposed to take the back seat to be a woman, you know, because that's what a lady does. And yeah. and I agree to that in some extent. I, I think it's important to be a lady and to be and to be gracious. And I think that goes for both sexes or whatever sex you want to be. But I don't think it means at the expense of your dignity Mm, of your personality of your you know like yeah sometimes you do need to just be quiet and take a back seat sure but sometimes but I think sometimes men need to do that too oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely I just think it I, I think it comes with age when you learn when that time is And when it's time to say, you know what, I really have to speak up on this. I really have to advocate for myself. I really have to say, no, you know what, this wasn't right. And this isn't okay for you to, you know, talk to me like this, do this to me, do this to your, yourself even. Right. You know, it just, I think it's something that you have to experience so many times of letting people talk down to you or walk on you or take advantage of you to where you say, no, you know what? I can be gracious, but I can also be strong. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I don't know that that didn't happen for me until I was, I started at 40, but I was well into my forties when I finally just decided um, after my severe health crisis, I really put up a lot of boundaries and it made a huge difference, but it's almost like, I mean, you shouldn't have to almost die to <laughs> to, to, to make sure you 
put yourself first or whatever. But to give it to some context, I think where the younger generation is at a disadvantage, uh, and this may just be um, the hip hop folks or the girls that, you know, girls of color who follow hip hop, they, their music and their culture is so um, almost anti uh, female. It's so docile. The Meg, the Stallions, the the girls they all look up to, they're all like sh- strippers or, or, you know, like hookers. Right. <laughs> so I think it's really difficult to try to say you're strong when the message is, you know, uh, but you got to get a Brazilian butt lift and you got to look <laughs> almost like a cartoon character to get a man. You know what I mean? Like you almost have to be a porn actress, cartoon character to have a boyfriend in certain right. circles. So I would imagine for that group, um, I mean, feminism is probably take, consider myself a feminist. I really just consider myself a, a, a cool person who recognizes other cool people. Like if you're just cool, we'll get along. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just, I think their boundaries are going to be harder to establish because some of these, uh, uh, like this hip hop rapper shit is just like really anti-female. It I is, would but I think it always hate has to try to been. like a boy at this time. Well, you, I, I, I was around for the very beginning and it was party music, you know, and all the rappers, they were braggadocious, but you know, you also had an LL who talking about he needed a girlfriend, you know, yeah. <laughs> and he needed love. I need love. You know, um, there was always, and then there was like the consciousness groups like A Tribe Called Quest, and it was just a vibe. And at some point, right around 92, 93, when the chronic hit, and like this whole, like, now we can just demoralize women and and um because people forget dr dre had a had a case on him where he beat uh yeah the vj in the club like he really hurt her like she had i want to say her eardrum got damaged um there's all kinds of uh it just once the the economic background of the rappers changed so did the value system i really feel that because it used to be fun party music and then it just became like, you know, they're not even going to edit it. <laughs> they're not right, even trying right. to be like It, it, it just clever. became blatantly vile. Yes, very anti-woman, anti, very homophobic, everything. It, it was just horrible. Um, some of it I can't, most of it now I don't even listen to. I, listen I, I to can't Dr- understand Dr- most of it. And he gets on my nerves now. Yeah, I get that. That was the whole point, though. Like, you used to want to people, you wanted people to hear how how good you were with the words, but they don't even care about that now. Oh, no. No, now it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's more like just a cadence. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't even imitate it properly because I don't, I just can't listen to it. Yeah, and, I um, and and all I hear is yeah, but it's got a good beat, and I'm like, okay, well, great, but what's right, it saying? I don't want my daughter. I wouldn't want a 
teenage daughter right now to save my life. Oh, no. Uh, we're, I mean, pop culture, I don't know that you can get any value out of that. So I think these younger people may be more mm, vocal and all of that, but I think they're going to have a hard time because if you want a boy, <laughs> some of these boys have been indoctrinated into, the, into this thinking. And as we know, girls will do a lot of things to get a boy. Oh, yes. They'll yes, contort themselves in a, in a lot of different ways. Lucky for me, my girl days are way, way, way behind. <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side of that, I think it's important too, and, and obviously I don't have a daughter, but to teach my son, you know, first and foremost, we don't put our hands on females. I don't right. care what she does. I, I don't care if she's punching you, kicking you, screaming, scratching, throwing, you leave, you exit the situation. I don't, don't put your hands on someone. That's good advice. And like, because you are the stronger person. And yes, I know like, oh, women are strong. I get it. Okay. But my son will strong. knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my son will just clobber you. And so it's um. better to look weak for a moment and avoid a felony. Yeah. Avoid having a bad persona, having people look at you as a stereotype. And, yeah. and so I think it just being an abuser. Who wants that? Right, right. So just really teaching the young men you know, the things that are okay and that aren't okay. Like we don't, we don't walk up to women and say, you know, like, oh, these are my bitches or, you know, whatever the case, like, I don't know what they call girls now, but I'm sure it's a made up word or something. You know, and like, horrible. You know, right? it's going to be terrible. terrible. Like we don't take advantage of people, anybody, but especially women. Like we don't purposefully try to hurt people. We're not trying to see how many people we can sleep with or abuse or, or anything like that. Like we want everyone to feel good and that should be doing well, right by people. But that's should. true too, because what if, I know I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but what if the girl is troubled and your son decides that's his type? Cause you know, a lot of nice guys sometimes get attracted to like troubled girls. Crazy. Yeah, I try not to just throw the word around, but yeah, what if, what if she's always antagonistic and looking for, you know, then I guess the lesson is, uh, you got to realize that everybody's not for you. Maybe I don't know. It seems like a lot of nice guys get every crazy. Let's put it this way: every crazy girl I've ever known always has a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. Yeah, it's, they're like magnets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, uh, that's a tough one because I guess it's twofold. Because number one, stay away from crazy, <laughs> and that goes for that goes for guys or girls. Like even just male friends, like stay away from crazy. It's a, it's and, great advice. And then also what are you doing to bring out the crazy? And that, that obviously doesn't apply to everybody because there are just some crazy people. Mm -hmm. But true. I think sometimes we all have an ability to draw out negative things out of people. But that's true. And I also think um, 
if you have a trigger or something that, you know, because I feel like a lot of people, I, was, I forgot what I was watching. There was something I was watching the other day. Oh, I was listening to this YouTube uh, channel and this guy, he was really fascinating. And it was all about, um, and not to make it sound cliche, but your inner child is really ruling your universe. And he just described it in a way that was really, it really connected with me because I know I have some triggers and being a caregiver has brought a lot of them back. So I know my mom loves me. People on this podcast know that I know my mom loves me, but she just wasn't warm. There was something, there was always a little bit of a disconnect in our relationship. And so now to be her caregiver Things I thought I had really put to bed <laughs> are just like ripped yeah, up and bubbling up <laughs> every day. You know, it's like, oh God, I thought I got past this. You know, just a certain tone in her voice, or when I go in for a hug and there's no return of the hug. Uh, you know, at this age, I'm I can process it, but there's a part of me that still feels like that seven year old who didn't understand why I wasn't getting a hug back. Yeah. You know, so it's just. Uh, so anyway, this guy was talking and I was thinking a lot of us aren't really in relationships. A lot of people are out here trauma bonded and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they think they found the love of their lives, but they really just trauma bonded with somebody. Yeah. I see your damage. You see mine and we can make it work. Right, right. We can help each other. We can, <laughs> we can fix each other. <laughs> yeah which is a lot that's a big ask that's like okay but I do think that a lot of people are doing that and it's like I don't know and and so then you couple that with some young lady who grows up and feels like she has to please people and not really fully be herself and sometimes I mean you and I both have met men who are uncomfortable (laughs) with women (laughs) you know uh, asserting themselves and and being smart or daring to think they may be the smartest in the room um so yeah this is this is and this is not stuff you learn in school so i mean how are you supposed to figure it out that's the <sighs> it's that's the that's hard part, part because i mean you have to have people around you that will help you grow and help you learn and if you don't have that, then you have to want to grow and learn on your own. And that's a ridiculously it's, difficult thing to it's do. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot and, of work. Yeah. And if you grew up in an environment where this was okay and this was, you know, pacified and, and it, it's, it's almost just like a generational curse type of thing to where you pass it down to your kids and then your kids pass it down. And then, because it, that's the way it always was, you know, and, and I think that's where learning and seeing and experiencing the world really comes in and you see different things and you're like, wait a minute, it shouldn't be like this. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Do you feel strong now? Do you feel like that's a pressure you still have to deal with now? Or are you not not just with, with your son, but you know, like out in the world, do you feel like you can just finally pull up a chair and enter the room as yourself without having to wonder if you're hurting people's feelings all the time? Because you're pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I am. Um, I think for the most part, I do. Um, I, I mean, I think we always, everyone has their days to where you kind of feel intimidated or hmm. maybe insecure and, and you're like, oh man, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't speak up or maybe I, maybe I should just let this, just take it on the chin. Maybe I should just let this go. And, wow. you know, for, for whatever reason, I mean, it could be with a, a boss or a friend or a parent or, or a child or anything. It, and it's like, yeah, you, you got to pick your battles. Right. And it's, but like you said, you know, it is the inner child coming back up and, and whatever your, your damage or your trauma is. And it's like, okay, you know, why am I, why am I afraid to speak up first off? Is this something that I really like, is this an earth shattering thing to where I really need to, to take a stand on this? Or is this something that is simply triggering me because X, Y, Z happened 35 years ago? Yeah. Probably that. And, and most we, likely that, yeah. We do so little with it. I mean, I'm reading a couple of books on it, and it's fascinating because, like I said, I felt like I, I know I did a ton of work in this area. And then, like, but it's the caregiving. Caregiving for the person who gave me, like, 90% of my triggers is something. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> the trigger maker. Um <laughs> <laughs> it is no joke and it's like this is hard and I think it this is, is. Re realizing that that trauma that I thought I worked there is still there I don't know but I'm getting better I do feel like things are getting better but for the last you know with COVID and you know her illness getting worse as you know we were just stuck in the house together with COVID oh man yeah and it's been like three years of this, but you know, it's getting better, but yeah, yeah. it's hard. I, 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 a lot of what I try to do with the podcast is, um, I realize I look at my numbers and I have a lot of younger listeners and I just want people to, um, you know, try not to have to go through every single wall that I had to walk through to learn lessons. <laughs> if yes. I can shorten that for people, I, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Which I miss you a bunch at work, but that's partly why I was like, you need to go find a better job. <laughs> I know, I know. And I still do that. I was just coaching somebody up the other day. I was like, you really love sports. Why aren't you doing a sports show? Like you could be doing a podcast and probably getting some uh, t attention for it because you're like so into what he was like. I mean, he just lit up in a way that I've never seen him light up about the law. He just was like, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, you need to be doing sports. So, I don't know. But I did want to do this. This was important. I do want to talk to you, so I'm going to disconnect from the podcast, and I'm going to just call you back and talk. Okay. And y'all are going to miss that audience, but... That's off the record. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. We're going to name names in the phone. Conference. Right, right, right. There, there are no, we'll call him Sam. <laughs> we're we'll we're not going to use code. Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to use real Someone names. I don't know, so I <laughs> better All not right. throw that out. Thank you, Raquel. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.
，拜。